Hey, what's going on, people? It's Jay Good of StraightOutToDen.com. I'd like to welcome you to the Straight Out To Den podcast. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by the good folks over at Lander. Uh, based in Montreal, Canada, Lander is the world's first intelligent drag-and-drop instant mastering service by Mixed Genius. Hey, um, you know, just for being a listener to the uh, Straight Out To Den podcast, what we're going to do is give you a free trial of Lander. All you got to do is go to the link. Um, it's actually, it will be in the show notes, or you can go to Lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. Uh, go there. We're going to give you the free trial. You can check it out. It's two free MP3s of your master. Um, let me know what you think and then um, tell somebody about it. And once you do tell me about it, tweet me at uh, straight out the den. That's S-T-R, the number eight O-U-T-D-A-D-E-N. Um, you know, today's podcast, um, I wanted to get into something um, I guess a little more personal um, to the artist. You know, for the past couple of weeks, we've been trying to identify, um, you know, a couple of things that are, that are kind of help you, you know, as far as like, you know, booking shows on the road and, and um, uh, you know, not signing those 360 deals and things of that nature. But, you know, I, I want to kind of go a little further back, um, really more so into, you know, who you are as an artist. So, you know, t- t- today's subject will be um, find, finding your own sound. Um, and, and it's something that I think personally is something that's kind of skipped over. Um, a lot of time artists don't truly find who they are as an artist until about, you know, maybe some people the second or third album. Um, so, you know, the, the intent of this particular podcast, this week's episode is to figure out that sound before you even go into like an album mode, um, really before you even figure out an, an audience. So, you know, the, the, um, I, I just have a, a few tips today. We do have a guest on the podcast. Um, we, we did speak with the, uh, the homie Haddish, um, on the podcast. So we're, we're going to make sure that I, I get into the conversation with him, but before we go there, I just want to really you know, kind of zone in on finding your own sound and what that truly means. So, you know, number one, defining your, your sound. Um, we are in, in, in an age where there is so much music. Um, I don't have to, to really break that down. You know that there's so much music. You're constantly getting emails of, um, check this out or people tweeting you links to songs. And even some of your favorite artists are dropping, you know, new music every week. Um, seems like so you know we're we're constantly getting new music that's that's without a shot of a doubt but you know the one thing that's constant is that a lot of times we kind of find songs that start to sound similar um a lot of times artists chase what what i like to call is chasing the radio you're chasing the hit um you're, you're trying to find a record that sounds very similar to what you're hearing on the radio um only to find out that you have the hardest time trying to do that and, and if it does work it's kind of hard to sustain that because you you built your whole um your whole audience off of a sound that's not really genuine to who you are. So, you know, I, I really want to focus on finding your sound. Um, and, and just a couple of tips on really how to do that. Number one, before you can find out what your sound is, you really have to identify who you are as an audio, um, as an artist, excuse me. Um, you, you gotta know who you are. Um, and, and I heard somebody say this and, and I hate that I can't quote them because I can't remember who it was. Um, but, it may have been Joel Ortiz who said it, but don't don't quote me on that. But um, the, the the overall message was that, you know, people try their best to be somebody else. But, you know, the only the best way to stand out is to be yourself. Nobody can be you. And, you know, and that when I heard that, that kind of struck with me. And I was like, man, that's 
That's really um, that's really the breakdown of everything. You know, being who you are, being you is one of the best things that you can do as, a, as an artist. You know, nobody can be you, you know, and I think it's kind of hard sometimes for artists to truly be themselves because they're they're doing what everybody else is doing. They're seeing what works. And, you know, we're in a time where you have access to everything so you can truly see you can see what everybody did and try to implement that and work for you the truth of the matter is in this this music business um there's no such thing as a true formula there's no formula i can tell you how to do two or three things and you can do it that way and it may not work for you um but it may work the, the, the first two things may work great for another artist, you know, um, there's no true formula. The, the only thing that I can really tell you to do is, you know, be unique and figure out exactly what you want to do and then just push and, and go until you can't do it anymore. Um, but, you know, just for this this conversation, you know, I think that's something that can truly help you is just finding your own sound. Uh, once you find that sound and you figure out who you are as an, art, um, as an artist and you have a true identity, then you can kind of go on from that point. Um, but you got to know who you are as an, as an artist. You got to know who you're speaking to. You got to know who do you identify. And you guys heard me talk about this early on in, in one of the earlier podcasts podcast about um, finding an avatar, figuring out who your avatar is, like who's your target. Um, if your your target audience can be narrowed down to just one specific person, like how old would they be? What would they look like? All of these things you need to know. Um, but in order to figure out those things, you got to figure out who, who are you, you know, who are you and who will you speak to as an artist? You have some artists that want to be like, um, you know, kind of the, the hipster crowd, which is cool. You have some artists that want to be like the gangsters, you know what I mean? You got some artists that kind of want to blend and, and do a little bit of both. They want to sing and they want to rap. All of those things are great. If that's who you truly are, you know, um, the problem with this whole identity crisis in music is that say that you say that you're just a regular guy, right? And you get into rapping and, and you figure out like, hey, man, if I pretend to be this ultra, you know, like hipster dude, this this lane is wide open. It may work for me. Truth is, it may work for you. But the, the thing is that that what I've found with most artists is that when they come in the game being somebody that they're not. And that works. They have to continue, you know, continue being that person and it grows old. So what typically happens is that, you know, um, you know, one or two things, you know, usually happens or, or what I've seen happen. The first thing would be that, you you know, you pop off of being who you're not. So you have to literally move your whole career and go your whole career being that persona that you put on you know um if you like you say if you're a regular guy and then all of a sudden you want to be this ultra hipster dude you know skateboarding and all of that then you got to play this part out to the t you got to do this every day of your life and believe it or not you know nobody likes to be fake even yourself even if you're you know you're doing something for a check and, and it and it works and you know eventually you're going to get tired of doing that so that's the first thing that happens. You're kind of stuck in that and you got to continue to do that. The other thing that happens is, is that um, artists figure out like, oh, man, this work, this is, you know, it's great. I'm, I'm on here, but let me go ahead and switch things up now. Well, you know, you gain your whole audience off of a gimmick, per se. Like, you know, you're being this ultra hipster dude and that's not really you. So you gain a whole audience on being a hipster. So all of your fans are hipster type fans. So the minute that you switch up and say that, you know, you were against a dude growing up or whatever, and that's your environment, 
the minute you try to switch in and do that type of music, you look like a hypocrite or you look, you know, you're not authentic because like, hey, we know you for this. You know, we know you for making a song like um, using Pharrell, for example. Pharrell made Happy. Happy is one of the biggest records of our day. It is, I've, I've said this before, it is um, to us what um, Before I Let Go is to my parents, you know, in, in my opinion. So imagine if Pharrell out of nowhere said that, hey, I want to make gangster music. And he comes out and he's like making ultra, you know, like um, NWA type type music with him rapping. It's going to come off as not authentic. You know what I mean? There's only a few people that can really blend those lines like that. in, And, you know, but I say all that to say is that, you know, when you don't have a true identity in your music, it's going to eventually show you can either stick with that. And, and be bored and, and, and grow tired of doing the music or you can try to change it and more more than likely um, when you try to change you're going to lose a lot of fans and you're going to basically have to start over which is not necessarily a bad thing but it's like hey why start over when you can do this from the beginning and truly grow a fan base of who you really are you know so that's something to keep in mind the, the second thing I would say is just um, you know you got to start somewhere, right? And, and the only place to really start honing in on a sound is in the vocal booth. Um, you wouldn't believe the the countless number of hours um, that artists that I've worked with um, in the past, like we're grooming each other, you know, we're, we're working on each other. We're, we're trying different, different vocal tones and, and different um, cadences and, and just figuring out how do you want to come across on that mic? How do you how do you want your voice to sound um, when talking with other people? And, you know, that takes practice that that can take up, you know, a couple of years even, you know, um, one of my favorite artists, um, independent artists is um, an artist by the name of Jimmy Hennessy. And, you know, I asked him one time and a couple of years ago, I was just like, man, dude, how were you able to, you know, get this? He has a, a, a crazy cadence if you've ever heard um, Hennessy rap. Um, but, you know, you listen to him, it's like, man, how were you able to found it? It was like, man, that was just years and years of practice, just figuring out what I want my voice to sound like, you know, how do I want to project? How do I want the, the fans to perceive me when I talk on the mic? You know, those things are very important, you know, um, even talking to you with this podcast. If I was a very uh, dull and monotone um, type person, there's a good chance that you may not want to listen to me on a podcast. Now, I know I might not have the best uh, podcast voice, but I know also know that my voice can be, you know, very, you can zone in on what I'm saying and, you know, you can, you can kind of hear what I'm talking about. But if I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, you guys should really change it. There's a good chance that the retention rate would be like, okay, this dude here is boring. So let me, you know, go about my business. So all of that's the same thing with music, man. Um, people are listening to to your music in their headphones. They're listening in their car. So you got to think of ways to kind of cut through all of the music. Yeah, the production can be absolutely great. Um, I have a production background, so of course I love production, but you got to figure out how to cut through all of that. So, you know, you find your voice in that music and the only way to really find it, you got to practice. Try those different vocal arrangements, try different cadences, try, you know, try different melodies and figure out like, you know, different flows and, and things of that nature. You got to keep practicing those things because they don't come overnight. You know, um, you can you can sit up and 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 you know wrap something and then strip it apart and wrap it again and, and then even strip it apart a third time and, and wrap it again and figure out how do i want this to go how do i want to entertain the people um all of those things are important because if you're not doing that if you're not entertaining if you're not keeping our attention then there's a good chance we're going to cut you off and at this stage of the game if you're an independent artist you're, you're just starting 
you don't want to give a person a reason to cut you off because our attention spans are short. You know, if we cut you off today, there's a good chance that we may not want to hear you, you know, three or four months down the road. We may remember you as that person that we didn't like and we wouldn't even give your your music, you know, new music any chance. So you got to really be prepared to take that chance um, at the beginning. And that really brings me to um, my next point. You know, once you find that that, you know, practice in the booth and you figure out how you want to sound, you got to be careful with the music that you release. Now, I know that we're in the age where music does come out all the time. You guys heard me say it numerous of times, but you need to be careful with what you put out because you can't be upset with a song that pops and it's a song that you hate, (laughs) you know, um, there's plenty of examples. I I don't know if we have to even really use one, but you got to just, you know, there's an artist that put out a record that they don't particularly like, and that record blows up. And now people love them for that record. I'll I'll use this because he talks about a lot. He's been in the news lately. Um, Joe Button, he has a podcast. Um, I've been a fan of Joe Button for quite some time. You know, I got his first album when I was in college and, you know, I, I like the Pump It Up record. It was something different for the time. This was really before, like, the EDM fist pump, fist pump music really started to blow up like it is now. This was kind of early on. So when this record came out, I, I got it. It was something different. But, you know, Joe will tell you right now, every time you hear him, he's like, he hates performing the record. And it's truly one of his biggest records today, if not the biggest record of his career. But he just absolutely hates performing it. And, and it kind of goes to that thing of saying, like, You know, you have to be careful what you put out because what you put out can make or break you. And if it makes you, then you kind of got to live with that record for the rest of your life. And if it breaks you, now you're trying to figure out, man, how can I come back from this? So, you know, just be careful with what you put out. You know, there's um, you have a responsibility on this microphone. And that responsibility goes a long way. You know, you have to know what you're doing with this mic. People are listening. And when you have people attention, you got to really say something. Now, I know people want to dance. That's cool. Um, You know, I'm not a big dancer, but I can say I want to move sometimes when I hear music. But also I want to hear something that's that's going to, you know, grab me. And, you know, you you, got to figure out that balance of, of making people, I guess, quote unquote, dance, but give them something at the same time. And so all of that comes in finding your voice. If you're an artist like a J. Cole, J. Cole is an artist that's lyrical, but he figured out how to angle himself. You ever wonder how, like, you know, the records that J. Cole makes and J. Cole, he really serves a, a, a college demographic. He zoned in on the 18 to 24 year old market. He's been doing it since early mistapes when he's talking about, you know, college is a good look. You guys should go to college. I went to college, you know, um, all of these things. And, and it kind of, you know drilled at home to his fans so now his fans are truly college students you have college students that are in school you got those college students that you know those people that graduated but they think about that time of college so he zoned in on that group that certain group of people and he only focused on those groups of people now if anybody else kind of zone you know comes along then that's a bonus from him but for the most part you know he's looking at college students the dollar in the dream concert you know who does that cater to that's catered to a college student college students may only have five dollars to last for the week so spending one dollar at a concert is amazing to see a full show of, of a j cole of an artist of j cole's caliber so you know all of those things came with j cole finding his his voice in his music game it was like hey i know who i want to speak to i know who i am i'm gonna stay who i am and speak directly to the people that want to hear me i you know i've said this 
um, before on a couple other shows, but you know, and if I said it here, I apologize, but I do want to enter in, um, what I do want to reiterate, um, this whole concept of like, you know, there's how many people on the planet now, you know, six to 8 billion. I, I may be completely off with that number. Don't quote me on that. There's a lot of people in the world right now, right? Um, with everybody having internet access, you, at any given time, you really have access to, I would say just, um, about 20 million people at any, any tweet that you put out, any Instagram post, the potential of about 20 million people can see that at, you know, in, in a couple of minutes or whatever. So here's the thing, you know, with that type of responsibility and with that type of number being thrown out there, sometimes we think like we have to reach all 20 million people. This is something that I want you guys to understand that you don't have to. If you focus on reaching 20 million people every time you say something, it's going to drive you crazy when you don't reach that goal. Every time that you put up a, a, a Instagram post and that Instagram post only get, you know, 100 likes and you're like, man, I'm supposed to be at 20,000 likes or whatever. I, oh, I want to get to 20,000 followers or I want to get to this number. When you start looking at numbers like that, it starts to become discouraging. And then the next thing that happens is it affects your music. It affects your your your, your branding. It affects your, your motivation and your drive. What you should be doing is focus on a very specific market. Figure out exactly who want to listen to you. Once you find your voice, this is what we're talking about. Once you find your voice and figure out exactly who want to hear you, focus on those people. Now, that can be a small pool of people. That can be literally 3,000 people, you know. But the, the great part is I would rather have 3,000 people that are really paying attention as opposed to a million people who are, don't even know who I am. They just follow because they click. Yo, oh, I love I love his profile picture. I love her profile picture. Oh, I'm going to click. I, I like, you know, I'm going to follow them on Twitter. I'm going to like a, a post on Instagram or whatever. But they're not truly fans. They're fickle, you know. And, and so don't get caught up in that big number. You know, focus on that small number of people that really rocked with you. You know, like I said, if you got 3,000 people that rock with you, all you need is about 10% of those people to spend $10 a day. I mean, excuse me, $10 a week. Let's, let's, um, let's, let's talk about it. I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but I just thought about this and I do want to, you know, give you guys this, this little nugget. This is how you sustain your, 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 um, your independent business. If you got 3000 followers, right. And we're just talking real numbers here, 3000 followers, figure out a way to get 10% of your followers. That's 300 to spend $10 a month with you. Now, if you can get 10% of your followers, that's 300 followers to spend $10 a month with you, you just made $3,000 a month. Now, in, a, in 12 months, you've made 36,000. Now, that's not a huge number, but guess what? You're not clocking in anybody. You can literally live off $36,000. Now, you may not be living great. You know, you may not be living lavish or anything like that, but you can live off of your music. That's $36,000 a year before taxes, of course. So here's the thing. How do you figure out how to do that? Well, that's the hard part to do. But if you break down the numbers and look at how small those numbers are, it kind of makes things a little bit easier for you than as opposed to trying to, you know, make $300,000 a year or, or whatnot. You can grow into that. And, and I don't want you guys to hear me talk about small numbers and think small. No, you want to think big. You want to be a dreamer. That's all great. That's, you know, we all want to get to that point. But what I'm trying to get you to realize is that if you look at these smaller numbers and these smaller pockets, if you feed these smaller number of people, it's only going to implode and it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. But you got to you got to start zoning in on the people that really rocks with you. It, it's just that simple. So, you know, if you can get 300 people to spend $10 with you, hey, you want to think bigger, think 
figure out a way to get 3000 of your followers to spend $1 a month. It's the same number. You're still going to get that $3,000 a month to do it. I'm just, you know, it's ways to do things. You know, you got to look at it a little bit different. Shift the way that you think about this thing. And, and truly, it, it goes back. I know that I kind of went off tangent there, but I just want to give you that. And we will discuss that a little bit further in a, in a future podcast. But it really goes back to finding your sound, finding who you are as an artist. Because once you figure that part out, you will market a, a, a very specific audience and just work with them and just watch that audience grow bigger and bigger. And, and it doesn't take long, you know, but it will take some hard work. And that's the one thing that people don't, you know, want to do. So, you know, it, it kind of takes me to that next point and, and which will be um, my last point um, for this particular podcast um, is figuring out how to stand out. Um, now I know that's, that's really a challenge, you know, figuring out how to stand out me personally. I think the best way to stand out is to just to be yourself, but I know that's kind of vague for some people. So some people want to want me to go a little more into detail about how to stand out. There's a couple of ways that you can stand out, um, particularly on the mic. Um, you do have that figuring out how to, um, come across on, on, you know, your presentation, your writing style. Um, you can have a, you know, there's different things that people do. I'll, I'll use Action Brunson, excuse me, Action Brunson as an example. And some of his earlier um, projects, like the Blue Chip series and stuff like that, I used to notice that, like, excuse me, Action would rap, mess up in his raps. And instead of stopping and starting over a take or whatever, he would let his audience hear that, those imperfections. And he was like, no, keep it rolling. And just, you know, he'll mess up and keep going. And, and literally start the verse all over again and keep rapping. And to some people, that may have seemed like a mistake. But what he was showing, in my opinion, was that like, oh, this is me, man. Like, I want to keep this going. Like, no, this is now I, I didn't rap it right the first time. Let me come back to it. But let's keep this whole thing going. So you kind of get that feeling of like, man, this whole thing was a one take. And he's showing me that he's not perfect. And, you know, he's being more personal with me in the music. Those are different things that you can do to stand out. Now, of course, there there's also image things that you can do. Um, you know, the way you dress, the way you look. Um the things that you choose to wear, all of those things will be important um, when trying to stand out to a mass um, amount of people. Um, however, you just want those things to be authentic. Like, you know, you don't want to be the type of person if you never wore, you know, chains and stuff like that. Don't go and get the chains. If you never was in the tattoos, don't go and get tattoos. It's just kind of you start looking, you know, making a mockery of yourself and people can see right through that, you know. But there are some things that you can do to stand out. You know, you it can be something as simple as um, what, what it, figure out your interests. Right. Um, what I want you to do right now, if you're an artist listening to this, you know, you can either pause this or you can do it as, as I speak. But, you know, take the time right now to just write down three things that that are unique to you. You know, what what are the three things that you really like about yourself? So that could be. Um, you know, I like the way I sound on the mic or I, I like the topics that I talk about or I like vinyl or I like um, I like shoes, you know, any anything that it is. But write down those three things. And what I want you to do with those three things, once you write them down and you really have a concrete, um, you know, selection of three things that you truly like and that are truly unique to you, figure out how you can include those three things into your image. Now, like I said, they need to be authentic. That's why I want you to choose only three things that are really unique to you. But like I said, once you figure out those three things, just figure out what can I do to incorporate these three things into my image. If you have a true passion for sneakers, then, you know, um, 
how can you include that into your image? Like I, I remember a time, man, when jerseys were everything, you know, um, and I used to hate it because I was in college and like, man, I couldn't afford all these jerseys, you know. So I used to um, wait till um, like stores like Marshall's or um, uh, Ross or anything like that. They used to put jerseys on sale and I used to go and get the jerseys then, you know, um, and got them cheaper. But I, I sell that to say like jerseys w were, were in and. Anybody that was anybody knew that Fabulous was the guy for jerseys when it came to like in hip hop. Fabulous had every jersey that you can think of. I, I specifically remembering um, he had like a Houston um, um, Nolan Ryan um, Houston Astros um, jersey that was so fresh that I, I just wanted to have that jersey. And my homeboy Greg at the time he actually had one had the same jersey. I was just like, yeah, man, I, I really wanted that jersey. But you know, Fabulous had all the jerseys, so he branded himself as the guy in hip hop for jerseys. So everywhere he went, he had on a jersey. It was a different jersey every time you saw him. He never really wore the same jersey. Um, it was costly. But he branded himself as being that guy that solely wore the jersey. So, you know, you kind of walked with that and went to it. Like, remember Cash Money, early Cash Money? It was um, Jabot jeans, Reeboks, and, and white tees. Like, that went through culture. Everybody wanted to wear that same outfit. Cameron came with a pink, you know, wearing pink everything. And all of a sudden, like, pink T-shirt stock on, like, Finish Line and Champs, all of these different athletic stores all of a sudden was, you know, supplying pink clothes out of, you know, out of nowhere. And all of this stuff was due to camera. So, you know, all of these things were helpful to brand who you are as an artist. And, you know, that's really, you know, all of that stuff kind of goes into, you know, finding um, your own sound and, and, you know, and just branding yourself completely, you know, as an artist. So, you know, those are just a, the, um, a couple of tips. Like I said, I didn't want to go too far today. Um, we do have a special guest, um, Haddish, and he um, gave us a, a lot of jewels um, today. He really went into finding his own sound, and, and I do want him to, to get into that conversation and, and just give you guys a clue on what he did to kind of help him. And we talked new records um, that, that he had, and, and one record in particular with Thelonious um, Martin um, and you know, really dope conversation. And, and just to let you guys know, this conversation happened a couple of weeks ago. Um, I thought I lost this episode and I was trying to figure out like, man, how can I give this to the people? So I was able to recover it and we got the whole interview. So you guys will hear everything that we discussed. Um, but yeah, that's the hold up. So if some things may seem kind of like out of timing, um, you may hear me reference my birthday coming up in a couple of weeks. Well, you guys know that my birthday is already passed, but um, I just, you know, want to give you guys a heads up that, you know, you guys are getting an interview that was once lost, but I did find it um, with Haddish. So, um, yeah, that's it. Um, we did get a couple of questions coming in uh, on, on our um, email and um, I do want to take the time to really just answer one of those uh, questions um, and shout out to the homie Bishop the third. Um, he asked he would like to hear a podcast on the do's and the don'ts, um, you know, just advice for upcoming artists moving to Atlanta um, to start a rap career. So I won't get as specific as Atlanta, um, but what I will do is to answer that question is just um, a few do's and don'ts. Uh, I would say if you're an artist moving to a new city. Um, the first, I'll, I'll give you two do, well, three do's and, and three don'ts. Like the, the first do I would say is do go and check out some shows. That should be one of the first things that you do when you get to a new city. Um, and, and if you're planning to be there, so, you know, do go and check out shows. Um, 
figure out who's popping in that city. Um, see who who are the people that are doing those shows and, and you know, what artists are on those shows. Um, the, the second do that I'll say is um, do your homework. You know, you, you got to do you got to figure out what type of city are you in. And honestly, I would say you should be doing that before you even go there. But if you're in a situation where you happen to go to that city before you had the opportunity to really do some research, you know, once you get there, do the research, figure out. What areas of the city should you be in? Like, what areas are thriving for music? You know, have a, a real good music scene in the city. Um, what areas should I stay away from? You know, in more ways than one. You know, um, all of those things are, are very helpful, but you got to do that research in the city. So, you know, uh, in addition to checking out shows, make sure you're doing the research. And, and I'll say the third do is you do need to find, I guess, a mentor. Um and, and that mentor can be anybody. It can be an artist. It can be um, somebody that's in the engineering field. It can be um, it can be anybody that that has some rapport with that city that you're moving to. But you need to have somebody that you can talk to and talk to openly about anything. Um, I, I think this is vital because for, number one, if you're moving to a new city, there's a chance that you're not going to know anybody. So. Um, you're going to be lonely. Um, you're, you're going to, you may even be homesick. Um, but I, I think you, you do need to partner up with somebody and somebody that can serve as a mentor that can kind of, you know, show you the ropes in the city, you know, walk you around, show you the, the, the people, um, show you some of those places that you need to check out some of those places to go for shows. Um, you need to connect with somebody as soon as you get into that city, you know, and in the world of social media, there's no reason not to, have a um, you know two or three contacts in every major city. Um, it's just you know you should be doing that. That's that's just easy homework to do. Um, now as far as the don'ts um, for an artist moving to a new city, you know I would say don't go into a to a new city with um, I guess extraordinary expectations. Um, you know don't don't go into a city thinking that hey man I'm gonna come here and um, a week go by and I'm going to be on, I'm going to be popping. Like it, it doesn't happen like that, you know? Um, and, and there are some rare cases that, that it will, but for the most part, it's not going to happen. You're not going to move to Atlanta and instantly be popping, you know, more than likely those first couple of weeks of you being there, you're just going to be such in a, I don't want to say like a shock, but you know, everything is not what it seems when you move to a new place, you know, it's, it's kind of like, um, I love Chicago. I love visiting Chicago. To me, Chicago is a great city, but every time I go to Chicago, I'm downtown. I'm not going through the hoods. I'm either in I'm either in downtown or I'm in some of the suburbs. I'm not in like the the inner city. So to me, Chicago is great. So when I see stuff that's happening on the news, I'm not you know I'm not in that city like that. So to me, it's kind of like man, they're just only showing bad stuff. But if I talk to people that are from there, it's like man, it's really going down like this here. You know what I mean? So um, you, you can't go into a place and, and automatically think that it's going to be, you know on and popping. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I, I did a showcase and boom, I'm on it. You know, that, that don't have that type of expectation because you're only really setting yourself up. Um, I don't want to say for failure, but you're setting yourself up for, you know, a, a long road. So that's, that's my number one. Don't, um, my, my other number two, um, you don't want to go into a new city. Um, not really knowing your surroundings, you know, and I know that kind of plays in the number, um, one of the second dues that I said, but if, if you go into a new city and you don't really know where you're at and, and, you know, you're going to some places that you probably shouldn't be into. Um, you know, I, I have one story I'd like to tell is, um, I have a friend of mine that lives in Cali, um, right now. And, you know, when he went to Cali, 
he, he you know he he's he grew up in georgia you know what i mean and and certain parts of georgia gang culture is not really that big of a deal you know you have some people that really just rep the city they don't rep you know different gangs and stuff like that but you know he went to cali and he realized that cali is really like what i saw on tv like with gangs everywhere and you know he went there with different colors and stuff like that and it took him a little time to adjust because he didn't he was kind of, you know, naive to the things that really were going on over there. So, you know, he had kind of had to learn the hard way on some of those things. So, you know, you, you gotta, you know, just don't go into a city thinking that you can just go, you know, get in your car and, and drive around everywhere. It's not really, you know, it's not like that. You got to get to know people um, before you start making certain moves, you know. And uh, my, my third don't, I'll say, when moving um, to a new city, um, especially when trying to uh, make it a career to start your rap career, is that you don't want to just go to any showcase. Um, I know that's the that's the one thing that, you know, everybody are doing showcases now, which is great. Uh, and I think it's, you know, it's a great opportunity. Um, but you don't want to go into a new city and just up and say like, oh, man, there's five showcases going on this city um, this week. I want to be in all five. You got to be strategic in your moves. Like all five of those showcases may not really be for you. You know, and that was that's that come into doing your research. If you come in there and instead of entering a showcase go and just watch a couple you know figure out if like okay I, I like what they're doing with this showcase is this showcase really my market you know is it really a potential um for me to, to gain fans here and you know those things are easy to see all you got to do is just show up you know once you show up there and see that okay they're doing the type of music that i like to do or they're not doing the type of music i like to do then you know move on you know but don't go into a city and think like i got to do every showcase it's not always helpful you know being on a lineup of 20 artists is not always going to be the best thing you know getting the proper look you know i'd rather be on a showcase where there are you know eight or less people on a showcase then i can truly get a look but if i'm on a showcase and there's 20 artists performing you know you got to be great you know and, and just to get that attention and on top of that you 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 got to think you might you're coming you're new you know and you, you don't know the ropes and you might just end up spending way too much money on a showcase um you may end up spending the wrong type of money you may end up you know getting a, a, a bad spot um on a showcase being the last person to go on on a showcase that had 30 artists and you're going on at 1.30 and nobody cares to hear what you got to say at 1.30. You know, all of those things can happen. So, you know, it's just something that you can really pay attention to and, and you know, kind of avoid those pitfalls before then. I do, um, you know, that was a great question, um, um, Bishop. Um, I, I do want to go into that a little bit more, but I, I'll definitely have to break that down for a separate podcast. Um, but, you know, I, I do want to make sure that I get into this conversation that we had with Haddish. Um, like I said, we did have a great conversation. So, but look, um, I am going to answer those questions on the podcast going forward. So if you do have a question, all you got to do, you can either tweet those to me um, at straight out the den, S-T-R, the number eight, O-U-T-D-A-D-E-N, or you can email me at podcast at straight out the that's really the easiest way to get those questions to me. Um, it can be anything, any anything that you want to answer, uh, you want answered. 
Ask me if I have an answer, I'll give it to you. If I don't, I will tell you that I don't have an answer for that. Um, more than likely, I will try to do the research and give you um, what either I know or, or somebody else has shown me. Um, and, and hopefully that can help you out. But uh, yeah, you know, um, definitely keep tuning in to that. I do appreciate those questions coming in. And uh, like I told you guys before, today's podcast is brought to you by the good folks over at Lander. Um, and, and they are ba- based in Montreal, Canada. And you guys heard me talk about this drag and drop instant mastering service. I use them quite often. And I use them all the time. Um, and it's a very simple process is literally and they just built a new website. So it's, it even made the process even easier. But literally all you do is either drag your mix um, to their interface or you can upload it, um, you know, cl- use their browser window to upload. it. It's very simple. But once you do that, um, it's going to go through the process of mastering your mix. And um the, the cool thing is you actually get a chance to preview it before you download it. So um, depending on what level you have, you'll be able to change the different intensities of the, the uh, master. You can go from a low master to a medium to a high. Um, and, you know, check those different um, intensities out. See which one works best for you. And once you figure out the one you want, you just simply click save. It's going to send you a link. And from there, you can download it. It's a very, like I said, it's a very simple process. Something that you can um, do in a matter of minutes, depending on your internet connection, of course. Um, but, yeah, definitely check it out. And, look, just for being a listen to the podcast, we're going to give you two free um, MP3s of your master. So all you got to do is go to lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. You can go there and you're going to get a free trial. It's very simple. There's no obligation to pay. And if you guys missed any of that, it will be in the show notes of this. So all you got to do is just scroll down and click the link in, in the show notes to make it a little bit easier for you. Um, but yeah, that's this week. I'm going to go ahead and get to the interview with Haddish, man. Uh, like I said, if you guys got any questions, feel free to send them over and we'll get them answered. Hey, what's going on, people? It's Jay Good at StraightOutTheDen.com. I would like to welcome you to the Straight Out The Den podcast. Uh, today, have a very spe- special guest on the line, man. Um, this guy all the way from Boston. Um, I had a chance to listen to a couple of his records. Uh, very dope artist. Um, has a message and, and definitely know, knows how to entertain. Um, so, you know, without, with that being said, man, help me welcome the homie Hadish. I had to make sure I got the name right. That's right, right, Hadish. Yeah, yeah. All right, bro, bro. Cooler, 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 man. So how you doing, bro? I'm chilling, man. Just chilling at Barnes and Noble. Oh man, I hear you. You you at Barnes and Noble? You reading books, bro? Like, hey, that's that's a very yeah. good use of the time, man. So so look, yeah. Ben, of course, um, is always sending me some dope artists. You know what I mean? And I love interviewing the artists that he sends me because he knows my standards and he always makes sure that those standards are met with the artists. So, um, shout out to Ben. I'm going to have to interview Ben at one of these, you know, just to have a conversation, man. But, um, what, what we've been doing lately with the podcast, bro, is like, we've been really, um, shaping indie artists and, and, and giving, you know, some of the, the best advice that we can possibly give them. Um, some mm-hmm. of the topics that we've covered so far is just, you know, eliminating the option of no and talking about a 360 deal and talking about the live show, uh, things of that nature. You know, and, and for you, um, what I wanted to talk about specifically, because I, I see what, what you're doing um, in Boston, man, and, and just, you know, incorporating culture, you know, the hip hop culture in your music. Uh, what I what I want to get to with you, man, is just like find finding your own sound. You know what I mean, like a, as an artist, because I know we always have these different um, inspirations growing up. You know, there are so many different artists that we may have liked growing up, but it's that trying to figure out how can I be who I want to be as an artist 
without sounding, you know, too much like my my uh, the people I'm influenced by. You know what I mean? So just keep that thought in the back of your head, man. But um, I, I wanted to, you know, first off, welcome you to the podcast. And um, you. no problem. No problem, bro. I do appreciate you calling in. And, and you know, I want to get to that, you know, you as an artist. Right. So you mm -hmm. you're, you're from Boston. How did this whole thing start for you? You know what I mean? Where did it come from? Where at what point did you say, like, hey, man, I rapping is what I want to do? Um, I think after I heard um, Get Rich and Die Trying, definitely, that really got me more into the genre, just in general. Mm. Um, I didn't really start writing until, like, 12. So, yeah, you know, just trying to, like, just learn, you know, how to put bars together, you know, how to come up with the clever metaphors. You know, everything like that. Even um, the storytelling, trying to live life and stuff, trying to experience a lot of new things just so I have, you know, different things to write about that maybe haven't been touched on. Um, yeah, man, just saw an older cousin of mine always used to just give me, like, his little mixtapes. Mm -hmm. It was just straight, like, Big Mike. You know, those, you remember those mixtapes, the Big Mike mixtapes back in the day. Yeah. There was just people like Jada Kiss and... You know, just you know, just lyrical everything. Yeah, that, yeah. That definitely, that definitely, yeah, that definitely played a a big part in me doing this. I was going to say, man, like, you know, having those type of influences where it's, it's the lyrical artist, you know what I mean? Um, even with the 50 Cent, you know, um, it's crazy. I was just watching Power um, a little bit earlier today, but, you know. I got to catch up on that. Oh, bro, bro, the last episode, man, it's, it, it's good. You know, I, season two, they're kind of like slowly walking us, you know walking us um along you know what i mean it's like they don't want to give us too much yet you know what i mean it's kind of mm -hmm. setting us up but it, it, it's very dope so far but you know um what i was saying about with 50 cent is just it, it was like you said the storytelling element like yeah he he's against the rapper and he's talking telling these stories from growing up you know in queens but he's giving you storytelling at his best you know what i mean like painting the picture for you you know so you can kind of understand it so i can i can understand that um you know that being a part of your story trying to make sure that you tell your story being it you know a kid from boston um mm -hmm. you, you said that y your your cousin or somebody um was giving you these mixtapes and yes. do you remember specifically like on on one of those mixtapes where it was kind of like oh yo i can do this you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jada Kiss doing this? Yeah, I can do this. Um, I mean, I don't know about Jada Kiss. I don't think, I don't think Noah could do what Jada Kiss does. But, you know, it, it was more so just a lot of, like, I guess you can, the whack, the whack ones that just happen to, you know, blow up, you know, with the mm. corny songs. And that, I'm like, you know, so I'm just like, pretty much. That's what it was for me. Like, if they can do it, I know I definitely can do it. Because I always felt real confident about my ability. I, like, you know, since a since a young age, you know, yeah. I felt like I was nice. You know, not to you know not to gas myself up, but I'm like, yeah, if they can do it, why, why can't we? You know, yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of it also not to cut you off. No, you but A lot of it also was, um, you know, back like definitely back in like oh seven oh eight, how this like new independent wave of just rappers and stuff start blowing off just off the internet. Mm -hmm. And that just made it even way more easier. Like, you know, like, you don't need a deal, you know, to 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 gain fans and make money and, you know, 
have tours around the world and stuff like that. You know, the, like the cool kids was like a big, like a big, just, you know, a huge example. Just like they, you know, they, they were the epitome of what I wanted to do at that time because it was like they got so big. Yeah. You know, without all the major resources and stuff, just doing it on their own, strictly online, you know? That, that, yeah, that definitely, that definitely, um, that, that, that's definitely what I wanted to do. Yeah, man. You know, I, I, I'm listening to you, and it, it's it's dope that you bring up the things that you do about, like, you know, just being an independent artist because you're right. We are in a climate where you don't need a label. Now, you may have to work a little bit harder. You know what I mean? I think that's the part that people kind of don't agree with because people just, I mean, really the only way to put it is people just don't want to work hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? I try to sugarcoat yeah. that, but that's really what it is. You know, um, if you want to be an independent artist, you just got to work. You got to put in that work, you know, in order to make things happen for you, man. Um, but you're right. You're absolutely right. The internet, it it, it changed the game. You know what I mean? It, it changed everything. It, it made it to where, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know how old you are, but I'm, I'm about to be 31 in a couple of weeks. Right. Yeah. And, I'm not I'm not old man. You ain't got to call me old or anything like that. But I I'm about to be 31 in a couple of weeks. And you know, I remember a time where I would literally have to listen to the radio to catch my favorite song. Like mm -hmm. I re I remember that. And now it's like, you know, yeah, that's a bit of nostalgia when I can go back and think about, you know, um recording, making a pause tape and recording, you know, recording stuff off the radio, but at yeah. the same time it's like, man, I would have loved to be like, you know, 10 years old and saying like, man, what was that song? All right, whatever. Shazam it or, yeah. you know, typing it in Google and finding the song and now I got it. I would have loved to have that technology back then, but, you know, we didn't yeah. have it, you know. So, you know, that's the crazy thing about it that I, I love to hear when artists like you say like, look, man, I'm taking advantage of this indie grind. Like, I'm here. Like, why why can't I be, you know, where I want to be with it? Um, this record that you got, man, the one that, that really caught my attention was the uh the sneakers record um mm -hmm. with uh produced by Thelonious Martin um kind of give us a breakdown of the record I know it's kind of obvious but you know I I guess your motivation behind the record um well all right so sneakers pretty much is about sneakers and um just a different perspective from the point of view of the person that you know, is inspired by them. You know, maybe sees their favorite ball player on TV rocking them, so he want to get them because, you know, kind of gives off a certain sign of, like, you know, that um, you can start, right? You feel like a curse? Oh, yeah, yeah, you good, you good, you good. <laughs> I, like, she pretty much gives a perspective, like, oh, I'm that, you know, I'm that nigga and shit, you know? Yeah. Or, or I'm cool. Or, you know, just inspiration for, like, you know, oh, I want to be like, I want to be like Jordan. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then there's the ones who are not fortunate enough to, you know, be able to afford these certain um, shoes, these sneakers, these boots. But the, you know, it's just so strong. Like the just the images and everything around them is just so strong that they feel like they they have to have them as well. Mm. So what are they going to do to get it? You know, and sometimes like like we know, you know. Or even to this day, you know, they'll go kill for them. They'll go rob for them, you know. So I just wanted to pretty much touch on that because we don't normally, we always seem to glorify, you know, when it comes to the sneakers and stuff, but we don't always 
show the other the other side of the other aspects, you know. Or, you know, just thinking like, man, there's people getting paid three dollars to make these shoes that you just paid two hundred dollars for. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like it's crazy. Like it's crazy. It is crazy. Like, when you when you put I was gonna say when you put it like that, that that really put things in perspective, man. Like it it is that's so true. Like, you know, we 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 hustle and do all we can to to pay, you know, $150, $250 for a pair of shoes that literally cost somebody three or four dollars to make max. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And the people that made it probably only made about two to three dollars that whole day making it. You know what I'm saying? It is it's crazy though, man. Like now that you say that, you know what I mean? Like it, that that really kind of woke me up to the whole thing, you know. Um yeah. you know, I, I do want to get to that what I told you that I want to speak with you about specifically, man. Like, you know, um being from Boston and, and just having those influences. Like I don't know a lot of rappers from Boston. There's one in particular that that um I know Charmly Ghetto. Um yeah. And outside of him, I don't know a whole lot of artists from Boston. Um, and, you know, you being somebody that's, you know, upcoming and, and, and making good music, you know, that's that's first and foremost, because, oh, you know, you. Oh, no, no doubt, man. Like you got artists that they can they can be from anywhere, but they music ain't all that, you know, what I'm saying just to keep it real with you. But the fact that you're making good music and you're coming out of a city like Boston, you know, that thing that I was talking about, those influences, man, that, you know, who were your earlier influences, I guess you can say? Like, in terms of the city, like, Boston and stuff? Yeah, or, yeah, just, to, you know, seeing somebody who's like, like, oh, man, well, like, they made it. I can do this, too. It's crazy. Um, the situation out here, it's like, all right, the biggest person that you probably do know, but you wouldn't know that he's from here, is Guru from Gangstar. Oh yeah, I definitely definitely didn't know that at all. So he's actually from um the Roxbury. It's like a neighborhood out here. Okay. Um so but, you know, even myself I didn't really know that until I really started listening back, you know, going doing my history, just listening to the gangstar stuff. And he actually raps about certain things about Boston and the raps and mm. you don't even really like you know, I didn't really know this. I was like nineteen when I found this out, you know. Yeah. I'm 24 now. Um, you know, and then a lot of the other artists, it's like you don't really know of them because they weren't being pushed out there. They weren't commercialized like the ones from New York. Like, I, I got to be honest, a lot of, there's a lot of New York rap that really inspired me mm-hmm. when I was young, you know, like, uh, like Nas, especially, and stuff like that. Um, but in terms of local, the thing out here, it's it's funny out here. It's like the you, you like an artist will have a lot of fans in the city, but they don't necessarily they're not necessarily fans of their own local artist though. Mm, man, you know, yeah, man, and it it is weird. You know, it happens though. You know how um people don't get support in their hometown like that. I, and for whatever reason, I don't really know why it's, it's like that everywhere though, you know, but it's just, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things, man, where people kind of feel like they don't, they, they support you once you pop, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, but yeah. while you're on that underground circuit, it's kind of hard to see it, you know? Um, but you know, just your influences though, you know, you saying that most of your influence were really New York rappers. How, yeah. how did you kind of shape your own sound through all of that to kind of make sure that you didn't sound like everybody else in the pack? Um, 
Well, I mean, now it's kind of hard to make your own, um, you know, your own specific uh, sound. But I think in terms of mine, it's just a, it's a mix of like what I grew up on. So a lot of like, a lot of like the New York stuff, the East Coast rap, I feel like it's just like more of a new age or a modern day sound, you know? So it's just a mix of that. Well, you know, a mix of the old school with with some of the new sounds that you know I think you're that we're more we're we're more accustomed to hearing, you know, you know, like in the songs nowadays. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Um, no, go ahead. No, that, no that, I think that's pretty much it. So, in terms of the sound, but a lot of it is just more so with the producers. I think it's more on them, you know, what they're doing um, in terms of like the instrumentals and stuff. Yeah, so just something I'm attracted to. So, so let me ask you that, man. You know, going and, and talking about the producer, are you the type of yeah. artist where you like to be in the studio with the producer, or do you prefer just the producer seeing you a beat and you kind of do your own thing? Um, it depends. I mean, def- I mean, if I could be in the studio with them, definitely. I'll, you know, this is definitely I'm going to do that. But um, I mean, as long, like in terms of recording, yeah, it's a definite. Like I got to be in the studio with uh, with the producer. Just, you know, just so because he might have had different vibes with the beat than, you know, what I would have wanted to go to and maybe, you know, mixing his ideas or mine, you know, so I could turn out being even better, you know? Yeah. And just of what I, what I intended to do. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm an absolute fan of that. I, I really strongly suggest that all artists do that. You know, it, it's, it's power in being in the studio with the producer that, you know, you're working on a track with. Um, Mm -hmm. I agree with you 100%. I I think that's, that's kind of the reason why I feel like artists should, you know, find them a couple of producers that they really work well with and Mm -hmm. lock in and and create a project. Like, you know, you always have your laundry list and your dream list of producers that you want to work with, but you know, to, to create that solid bulk of material, I think you really need to be in the lab with, you know, whoever, um, a part of your team in a sense you know those local producers that can really provide that heat for you and get in the lab i was going to say though it's like you know you, you have this record that's moving right right now um what's next for you is this a part of a project that you have um in the works or you know what's what's going on with you um the, the one that just dropped yeah 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 oh the ranks of playing so that was um that was just a song that um like i had a project beforehand with um with my homie chanel uh, we did like this EP called Word of Mouth. That was just one of the songs that didn't make that cut. Um, but it's the part two of a song that we have with Sir Michael Rock. Okay. Um, that you know that we shot a video for and everything. You know, it got on some blogs and you know it's out there. Um, yeah, so I, it's kind of just a freebie. You know, I, I always was a I always liked the song personally, so I was like, why why not? When I just dropped this. Dope, 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 man. So, um, like I said, man, you know, you, you got an artist who you really know where you're going, man. I can tell just by talking with you, like you, you got direction in your music, you know what I mean? And, and you have a clear cut goal. Um, before we get out of here, though, is there anything specifically that you want to, you know, want the people to know um, about you, um, your music and, and, and things that you're doing at this point? Anyone wants to check out the music, uh, follow me on you know any social media. Twitter is H H A D I S H the spelled normally G 
And um, it's the same for the Instagram. My my SoundCloud is set up to all my social media, so any anybody interested can just click on that, check it out. You know. Dope, dope, man. Well, look, man, I appreciate you um, calling in, um, just sharing a few, you know, a few gems with us, man. I do look forward to hearing, um, you know, the music in the future. Um, is there any chance that we can get some bars out of you before you leave, man? Some bars? Um, <laughs> let me see. I can tell it. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, you good. All right, let me see. Um Uh, middle finger to the cops, I was made thugging. The fucking law, like I hate Muslims. Um, it's only custom. Street rituals, they want to live as miserable, fuck them. So I duck them, like Daffy, Donald. They want to get hostile, maybe see an apostle. Stand your ground, make fossils. Me and my niggas don't let that rock like Bono. There's no squares in my circle like waffles. So why you getting bent out of shape? Obtuse, isosceles. Man, hop off of me like jackrabbits. This shit ain't fair or some cab shit. I'm a victim to my stereotypes like Kobe and Sony. Modern day radio riding on me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, bro. I hear you, man. But look, give us that uh that uh social media one more time before we get out of here, man. At Adish H A D I S H the G. Um, that's my Twitter, my Instagram, my SoundCloud. You can find on any one of those two. Um, or if you want to just go on the SoundCloud, it's K I T F. You know, it'll pop up definitely. Um, yeah. Shout out, shout out, y'all. Straight out the den. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate you, brother. Look, man, it's Jay Good at Straight Out the Den. You can follow me on Twitter at STR, the number eight, O U T D A D E N. And, um, you you know, you guys, you're listening to this podcast, man. I appreciate it, man. You know, um, subscribe on iTunes, man. I'm going to ask you too, Hadish, man. Subscribe on iTunes. Um, and, and, you know, just rate and review the, the podcast. If you like what you're hearing and you enjoy what we're doing, uh, definitely subscribe and let the people know to, um, to subscribe as well. Um, you know, if you if you have a dream, you know, I got to end with this thing. I always end with it. But if you have a dream, man, um, pray on that dream, research that dream and work until that dream becomes reality. And with that being said, I'm Jay Good and straight out the den. He's Hadish. Yep. We out. All right.